Hi, I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud. And this is The World As It Is Today. And welcome back to another episode of The World As It Is Today. <laughs> Got to keep these things straight. I'm, I'm using my wrong voice. I'm sorry. <clears throat> and uh, we're back for another episode of NPR's The World As It Is Today. <laughs> I don't think you ever Lanny, talk like are, that. How are you doing tonight? I'm not a fan of that voice you're morning. using. And it's morning. <laughs> this morning but it always seems like nighttime on npr because there's a lot of darkness <laughs> i just heard the worst shit on the radio on the way here i should tell you about too. npr npr no i was oh. actually listening to the local you know conservative oh, yeah. talk radio because it's Good old kgmi it's the first time i've been in the car by myself before 9 a.m for a while so it was like the the news that happened the morning news yeah it was pretty pretty retarded <laughs> was it about was it about COVID? It was about vaccinating your pets. Oh, fuck. So I'll tell you all about that in just a moment. But okay. first, I want to make an announcement. You're that- pregnant? Why'd you, <laughs> why'd you wait till we were podcasting to tell me? That's not what the announcement is. Oh, okay. so if I was, that would be so embarrassing. And I would edit this oh, out. Yeah. If I had any you, like, you didn't were, know. I would have not. It's someone else's joke. baby. So I haven't told you yet. <laughs> um, anyway. That's no, got weird, but I am excited to announce that I have been working really hard behind the scenes to create a brand new website. Oh, yes. Nobody knows about it yet. I and it's except you. And I really want, okay. So I want anybody to be able to find and use this website that wants to, but I want to keep the people who we've met through our podcasts in a close group you know, not separate. I want to segregate my yes. any followers or users of my website, but seriously, because I want to keep um, the people who are open-minded, free thinkers, real people. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be able to keep in touch with them. And I have a way to do that now. So without being any more elusive than I already have been my, my YouTube channel preserving today, which I've had for over a year and the, Instagram account that I have are going to merge with this new website. So everything's going to be called preserving today. The website's preservingtoday.com. And I'm going to be changing my Instagram handle to preserving today as well. Mm -hmm. The point of the website is so that I can have a place to talk directly to people in my writing where I can make posts about recipes and different methods of things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So the, that will be go hand in hand with any reels or Instagram posts. It'll always go hand in hand with a YouTube video tutorial that I make. And it would be also where I can elaborate on stuff that I'm doing on my podcast, which my podcast will continue to be the Greener Postures podcast. Our homestead is still called Greener Postures. And at Greener Postures, I'm preserving today. See how that uh, matches yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm Lanny and I am preserving today. Perfectly. And it's really like the meaning behind preserving and all of that. And, and well, I've actually written a really good welcome post to anyone who hears us on these conspiracy podcasts. And I have a special link that's just for those people. And it is going to be in the show notes of this episode. So you can click on that link and it will give you all of the details of this change that's being made and how you can use it. There's going to be plenty of free stuff on there for people who want to relearn the heirloom wisdom that has been forgotten. It is not being passed down the same. So um, go ahead and check out that link in the, in the show notes here. And uh, yeah, it'll walk you through everything you need to do to stay in touch with me there. Sounds good. I'm very excited about it. I've been working hard, mm-hmm. learning all these new things. Yeah, it's good. You, you definitely have. It's it's awesome. Um, you have. Are we content? And you were just on Monday Night Master Debaters. Yep. Which is uh, Matt, the Great Matt, Deception Matt podcast. Yep. Ryan from the Dangerous World podcast, as, right. um, and among other friends. So you can listen to that on the Are We Content feed, as well as on Matt or Ryan's feed. It's the very first Are We Content where you don't get to hear Mark Marin yelling at you that we are all just content. Right. It's not. It's not your normal intro. So everyone can. It look might actually to that. be more <laughs> jarring to the ear. To not hear that. I know. I was going to say 20 times of yeah. hearing it. If, if anybody's oh, actually listened so to 20 comfortable episodes. comfortable to listen to that. <laughs> um, okay. So back to the really important stuff, which is the radio this morning. Yes. Um, so the, the news piece is being read by our local. Uh, Joe Tian. 
No, Damn. it's not him anymore. It's two younger people okay. in the studio. He's yeah. got an evening show now, right? Uh-huh. I'd love to hate Joe. <laughs> she these these like millennial type people that are like doing their news voice so they can read the news. Oh yeah, they They're, went to college to learn yeah, that voice. That's right. I just did it for free. Is, <laughs> so okay, so they're reading the news and they're like, you know, whatever Associated Press talking point. They're like, it's uh, always real, real. It's always CBS. They take everything from CBS News. Okay, so it's like so it's like which also uses in turn they use Associated, the Associated Press. Press. Yeah, so yeah. The, so they say that the d- d- distrust over vaccines during COVID has now bled into our pets. Can you believe that? Oh my goodness! And then they say forty percent of pet owners that don't want to vaccinate their pets and think they're harmful. That's forty percent. Twenty percent think they're ineffective. So now we're up to 60%, like 2% follow the normal schedule. It was shock. So, like the so num- I'm, I'm just curious when you're saying the percentages, was that part of the, that was the CBS? The, the no, there was no CBS news clip. This was all no, no, them no, no, reading not a, it. Not a clip, but it's them reading something. Because they do on that station every day, they have a poll and they always give percentages. Oh, yes. And it's no. things just like No, that. they're not reading their personal poll. They're reading okay. this, this Associated Press yeah, yeah. release. So anyway, 40% don't trust vaccines or think they're harmful and 20% think they're ineffective. And then the other percentage was broken up into smaller bits, but basically no one thinks it's a good idea anymore. Uh, And then they're like, I wonder, I wonder, let me interrupt just a sec. Is there any chance people are being more honest in a poll or whatever for pets about pets than they are about themselves? Because they don't want. I don't know, Fauci police like knocking on totally. Door. Yeah, we're all afraid, and we should be, we should be, or we shouldn't be, you know, like I don't know. I, I could go both ways. But anyway, so then they say that um this the percentages broke down like that, and then they were like, most states only require the rabies vaccine for your pets, but most veterinarians also recommend things like. Parvo and uh, kennel cough and uh, feline leukemia and feline AIDS. They had like listed off a bunch of other ones, right? That you can vaccinate against. Yeah. And then the female of the two announcers, she's like, well, actually I took my cat to the vet earlier this week for some vaccines. And I do that because I love them and because I care about them and I want them to be with me for as long as possible. Yeah. And he, you know, and then the, the male's like, yeah, you know, the the pseudoscience that's out there these days just has people just not thinking clearly. So we have to remember with the internet and the propaganda, the conspiracies that are on there and pseudoscience. He said pseudoscience three or four times mm-hmm. in like his two sentences about this. Yeah, he said pseudoscience that many times, and she was like, "That's right." He, you know, <laughs> she, this is the part. She's like, "This morning, my cat gave me a little love bite, and if I wasn't getting them vaccinated against rabies." I would have rabies. So you need to do, you need to, they, first they spoke about how much you need to actually follow the science and trust the experts. And then she says her cat's love bite would have given her rabies had she not vaccinated against rabies. And that makes me go, you are literally retarded. Yes. The, uh, an animal does not give you rabies without being infected by rabies. Right. And rabies shows symptoms. If, and I'm not well, talking- they're just a rabies carrier. <laughs> oh my God, is that a thing now? Um, and it's like, I'm not even saying what I actually believe or know. I'm only repeating like the this, yeah, yeah. The, the narrative, the status quo belief about this, right? Sure. The, the scientific understanding. Sure. If you follow the science, it's rabies means you're foaming at the mouth and you're acting crazy and violent. And that's why it's easily transmittable because those animals go wild and they want to be biting and scratching people. Your kitty cat that's probably not even allowed out of your stupid apartment is not giving you rabies when it gives you a love bite in the morning. But she said that. And, and he's like, you know, that's right. It's not just about the animals for this. We need to protect humans, too. Because now, all of a sudden, with this bat shit, now all of these viruses are transmittable from animals to humans and humans to animals. That was never a thing before all of this COVID stuff. That's like always like a movie you know, I don't know, outbreak or whatever, where monkeys get a disease and then they like, can, it's like a new thing that it mutates and it can transmit to humans. Yeah. Like that's, it's not a thing. And I'm just like, there's so many steps back from this conversation that they would have to walk to be able to like, talk to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, but that was it. It was just like well, this that's... cheery, like, Oh, my cat would have given me rabies this morning. Had I not. Well, that's important to the narrative that those 
personalities, they are beyond accepting of the nerd. Yeah. Right. Like that's just, it's conversational, mm -hmm. you know, to talk like that. Uh, Cause that's them stepping away from their newscaster voice a little to like, just, just like banter with the audience yeah. or whatever. And uh, that's like, like those people wouldn't have that job if they just had the good news voice. No, and they but they but they were also free thinkers. Yeah, I was gonna say they you wouldn't know? have that job if they actually said, "Well, yeah, you should distrust it because we haven't been shown that they're actually effective, and we definitely haven't been shown that they're safe." Yeah, and, or, or even if one of them had said, "You know, oh, I, I'm glad that my cat bite didn't give me rabies because I got him vaccinated," and the other one would would have said what you said, you know, like, "Yeah, well, I'm not sure if it would have worked like that because your cat would have had to have right rabies prior to that." Yeah, you know, no, um, no, none like, of that. no, that's not. That's so not anyway, I was like, I had just turned, I, I just dropped off our son, I just turned on the radio, and that's like what started. Yeah, it was like at the beginning of it, so I got the whole thing, and I was like, I should just <laughs> turn this off. What is even going on? on right. uh anyway like that kind of leads me in to what i wanted to talk about today okay. which is kids these days yeah which damn i them. think this is kind of a topic we've talked about before it's come up and <laughs> i think it's like our whole podcast but i think it's it's fine to revisit it over and over again especially we were what it's like a new a, angle every time we're like a year and a half into this now too so if you're if you're um listening to all our, our episodes consecutively and getting upset that we're repeating ourselves that's weird. <laughs> so don't do that. Um, but anyway, I was listening to, I haven't finished it, but I was listening to the beginning of Monday Night Master Debaters. And you guys all started kind of talking about um, kids being stupider now than they used to be. And um, I think it was Ryan Alexander was, was saying that. And you had kind of said, well, maybe they're not stupider. Maybe they're just lazier. And it was elaborated on, right? But yeah. he said, yeah, maybe that's a better word for it. And it just kind of got me thinking, like, because Ryan Dean was saying that he was like, well, every generation thinks that about the kids. It's always the kids these days. That's what I mean when I say that, you know, they sure. can't do anything. They're not working. And you mentioned, you know, your um, parents having a, a wood firewood business mm -hmm. and then the son uh, them thinking was lazy because he was just playing baseball all the time. Yeah. And then now we're going to like, I was playing baseball all the time and all my son's doing is playing Minecraft all the time, right. whatever. So I don't know. I kind of wanted to think about that a little harder. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Cause there's like, there's, there's a lot to that. There's, yeah. That was that was a brief moment in that conversation that could have been the full two hours of that right, conversation right. had we had we focused there, but that wasn't the point of that podcast. So let's make that the point of this podcast: the world as it is today, the children as they are today, <laughs> right? Um, so I don't know. Like I, in a sense, I think our nine-year-old is kind of lazy. Oh yeah, and he would rather play video games or watch TV. But I am absolutely in the same boat when I was ten. Yeah, I would have rather watched TV or um or played video games if I would have been allowed or had those. Well, okay, so here's a big one. Like I can't remember your your television situation growing up at this moment, but like mine, we didn't really have TV. We had televisions, mm -hmm. but. They it was bunny ears, bunny ears with Canadian programming, with Canadian television, and it was very limited. Uh, we had channels two, six, eight, ten, and twelve. Yeah, so and five, twelve would have been our local station. Yeah, that's it, but it was still Canadian, uh, program stuff. It was just, but like, it was broadcast, it was yeah, rebroadcast from locally, KBOS or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a total of five channels, and on a um, uh, Saturday afternoon. You had mostly infomercials and a couple of like, uh, I don't know, news magazine type yeah. things. I don't know. Nothing that a kid would be interested in at all. No. So like I would have 100% preferred to watch television had there been television to yeah. watch. Um, instead, it was like once, you know, the cartoons were done and you flip through all five stations and there's nothing there, then I'd go outside. Mm -hmm. I would be facing something completely different. Um, not even, not even now, but then I would have been facing something completely different had we had cable television, uh, where where I had Nickelodeon, which played cartoons twenty four hours a day. Like uh, my parents would have had to yell at me to get out of the house 
my parents didn't have to do that too much. Um, I mean, there were times, especially because of video games, video games was kind of a game changer. I have a console that was hooked up and they'd be like, it's Saturday and it's one o'clock in the afternoon and you haven't been outside yet. Like, yeah. What's wrong with you? And I think that's what a lot of people faced, even in our generation, uh, in anyone who had the, the, the constant uh, pacification of, we'll say decent television for their age. Um, today it is uh, a million times more. I don't know if that's an accurate number to multiply it by, but I think it might be uh, because not only do you have like Nickelodeon was 24 hour kids programming. Well, now you have a lot more than that 24 hour programming of everything available at all times to all kids at once. And that, is just scratching the surface because that's just television. Yeah. You yeah. also have infinite video games. You Everything. There's like, if you have cable, it's on demand. You have it on demand. You have what whatever stuff you can TiVo it. You know, people were recording shit. And then it became, you know, DVDs. You could watch whenever you want to. Now we have Netflix, Hulu. Oh, here, here. This might put it a little into perspective. Okay. We had like six Nintendo games when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And that was the one that would get us, our parents yelling at us to go outside. Right. Cause we yeah. had like six games to choose from. And now we have a Nintendo switch and with our Nintendo switch, uh, we, we have a subscription. We pay like eight bucks a year or something for. Yeah. And that gives us access to Nintendo games to play on there. The it's same, like the same all Nintendo. of the old Nintendo games that ever existed. Yeah, it's like a hundred of them. And then like Super Nintendo is on there now. It's too. like if you had given me a hundred Nintendo cartridges when I was 10 years old to to just check out, it would have been a fight with my parents to get me to go outside on that Saturday afternoon yeah. in the summer when it was nice out. Right. Because I just want to check them all out. Yeah. Now that's just that's like a that's like a a, a freebie that we get with that subscription that we pay for. You know, yeah. we pay for it to be able to like have save files or something. I can't remember. I don't remember. But it seemed uh, in quotes necessary at the at the time we signed up for it. And it's not an incredible bill that, yeah. you know, so eight, it's $8 a year. You don't really yeah, notice. It's, it's, you know, that we absorb that. And That's, plus, then you can play some of the retro games when you want to, even though we've only done that a couple times. It's still fun. Yeah, it's still fun, though. Um, And, and they're better to play, too, you could say, because you can like rewind if you fall in a pit playing mario instead of having that be your last guy you just like hit a button and take it back 30 yeah, seconds and you jump over it. the pit yeah know? um and then i can actually makes play. all the games beatable yeah <laughs> you know if you if you so care to but um you know like that right there okay so that is just a freebie that like it's almost like it passes by every, almost everyone has at least something like that where they have like a hundred games and then we, we haven't even mentioned smartphones on top oh, of yeah. this. tablets, smartphones, Kindles. You, you have games like Roblox, which I think that's a proper name to say. Games for Roblox. There's like a hundred million games inside of the game Roblox. Yeah, and they're all retarded. But <laughs> that's okay. I don't know that that's true. My son's like, I work at a restaurant. This is very important. I'm making hamburgers. I, I'm I'm blown away by how much I don't enjoy those games. Or even like, yeah, talking about them or watching them. Um, but there might be decent ones. I don't know. I'm I'm over speaking it. But uh, that's and then and then as we're saying this, this is like just the video game side. Back to remember we were saying how much streaming there is. You know, like if you're if if as a kid, if your parents have two or three of those apps, you know, say they got Disney, Hulu, Netflix. You don't need to go outside on a Saturday afternoon. No, you never have to do anything, and, then, and you don't and have then, to sleep. And then you combine that with the video games we're talking about. And then if you've got those those passive hundred titles, they've also got other ones that you they paid sixty dollars for. Throw that all in the garbage and just start watching YouTube. Yeah, and then we're, <laughs> and what we're doing is we're asking our kids to go outside and play. Well, and not They're not only that, by that. Let's let's think like okay, so we're talking like limitless options of television. Which as we're describing this, I think that when you think of the you also mentioned in that podcast the fourth turning, mm -hmm. and you think of like how do we see when that's starting to happen? Cause there's going to be some bleed over between like the way things were. And then the people who start to step up, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and I think that might be kind of where we're at with our younger generation because there is so much technology and there is so much content that it's going to eventually become boring. 
if it hasn't oh, already. Good point. And it's gonna it's oversaturated and it's not interesting to them. And they're gonna need to find other ways to yes. occupy their time and find interest, especially when they start to rebel as teenagers. This I have observed is a real thing. Uh, to take it outside of myself, uh, how long ago did it become a phrase? It's not a thing anymore, but it was a phrase. 450 channels and nothing to watch. Right. That's like right? Garfield. Like, <laughs> uh, Garfield comic. As as because like when we did get cable, uh, we had I I believe it was less than 99 channels, where there were 99 like slots, and we didn't get all of the channels. I just remember channel 99 was the highest one and it was like a TV guide. Yeah, it would just scroll all, whatever was on all the channels. Um, and there was more. There was more elaborate cable than what we had, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, for, for one thing, there were the, all the channels we didn't get. Those were all the squiggly, uh, uh, you know, Skinamax nice. <laughs> things and stuff like stuff that. Stuff you'd be watching, like, through the, through the, the fuzz, fuzz and through in the, the middle the of the wiggles. night. Um, but uh, there, was, there was satellite TV, you know, like, and a lot of people had this major desire to get those, those massive cable packages, massive cable or satellite. And then the whole thing was, it was like, it was, it was a thing, you know, 100 or 500 or 2000 channels to watch and there's nothing on. And I, as a young person without those, I was like, well, it's just because you have too much. You give me those 500 channels, I'll find something to watch. Uh But after a period of time of you having them, it becomes uninteresting. But it would become Things start to repeat itself as well. As uh, someone who uh, collected uh, really shitty movies for a long time and had an oversized collection of VHS bootleg uh, uh, movies to watch. Um, you know, it was like a, a whole shelf. I, it's, it, it took up a whole wall of my room wherever I was living at the time. And I would, I would be like, okay, it's my day off and I don't feel good. I'm going to watch a movie. And I would look at that shelf and be like, man, there's nothing to watch. Uh-huh. You need something new. I need something new, man. So and then, and then it breaks hit. the question. So why am I collecting these? Right. You know, it's and it's like, like, well, I guess it's so I can show other people. Yeah, it's so other I can people force people watch to watch it. shitty movies when they come to my but house. At the same time, it's the struggle's real, man. Yeah. Uh, there's too much. Like, uh, there are. There would have been at any time that I was having that feeling of, you know, 50 movies that I could just if I just grabbed it and threw it on. But instead, I get kind of stuck. Now it happens to me today sometimes. Uh, like you'll be like, Hey, I'll be back in a half hour. We have a sitter. We're going to watch a movie, figure out something. And, um, and, and we'll watch it when I get back. And um, I will sit there for a half hour looking through the infinitely vast <laughs> collection of movies that we have at our fingertips on this streaming. And you get back a whole half hour later and I haven't picked anything out. And you're like, what'd you find? I'm like, I don't know. Nothing. Yeah. Well, no, that's not true. I found a hundred things. It was that hundred made it made it seem like I didn't find anything. Yeah, it's very interesting. If I only had six movies to choose from, if you said, "Hey, we're in a half hour, we're going to watch a movie. Here are the six titles that are available to us," I would not look. I would glance at them. I'd take it all in, and I'd go outside and I'd do something. And when I came back in, I'd say, "Yeah, dude, where's my car?" Sounds like the one for us, <laughs> you know, or whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah, know? it's interesting because I grew up in the city. We're close by each other where we grew up, but I grew up in the city and we did have cable when I was pretty young. I remember when I was really little, we had one of those TVs that were big and sat on the floor in like a big cabinet and you had a big knob on it to click, click, click really loud to change the channel. And I remember that. And I think that's still when we had, yeah, that's still when we had bunny ears. And then I remember getting something that looked like a giant VCR that sat on top of that and plugged into the back of the TV and, and somebody came to box. the house to set it up. And that was our cable box. Okay. And I would uh, still have to change the channels or something for my, for my dad. It's back when kids used to be the remote control, you know, uh-huh. then we eventually got a remote with that. And then we eventually expanded that cable. So it was more channels. So initially it was pretty small. And then we didn't have the premium, which would have been like the Disney channel, HBO, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, sometimes there would be um, like free, like week of, two weeks of yeah, free yeah. Disney channel. And like you get the VCR out and you're like, just recording every minute. See, I remember of it. that from before we had cable, my grandma had cable uh-huh. and uh, she would like call and let us know, Hey, I'm going to have HBO for, for the next 72 hours. Like uh, look in the newspaper at the TV guide and let me know what movies you want me to record for you. Yeah. 
And yep, totally. And everybody has those VHS tapes that have like commercials in them or whatever from grandma. That wouldn't be the HBO one. though. No, no commercials no on commercials. HBO. That was premium shit. Maybe Disney Channel was too at the time. Disney but, was premium. Yeah. So so anyway, I, I watched a lot of TV when I was a kid. I remember when I would come home from preschool, there would be two back-to-back episodes of the Flintstones. And that's my earliest memory, memory of television. Um, I also watched... Um, must have had Nickelodeon because I remember a show called the Noozles, which were these magical koala bear stuffed animals that would come oh, to life. Shit. And this little girl, like you had to give them a noozle, which I think was like an Eskimo kiss where you rub noses with it and it oh would come to God, life. I remember this, but like a fever dream. And she had a eucalyptus tree in her backyard and like they were, they were like pink and blue. The, the bears were, uh-huh. but I really specifically remember it. Cause my dad raced race cars in Australia. Oh, sure. So and so it was like really, really exciting to me. Cause it was like, these animals were from Australia. There was this one specific. They probably raced too. <laughs> there was this one episode where she overhears grownups talking and they're talking about how um, their kids look like which parent their kids look like. And they said that the little girl looked like her dad. And she like got freaked out by that and was looking in the mirror and like imagining a beard and stuff. Oh. And I remember people sometimes telling me I look like my dad and like my imagination was going wild with like what that would they, mean. Like like the girl or yourself thought that that made you look like a boy. Well, I think that's guy. like she was like, well, my, I see my dad and I see me. And so I'm picturing my how yeah, you know what I mean? Just like a little kid brain in it. Uh-huh. Anyway, that so I know I had Nickelodeon and that would have been like Nick Jr. during the day because I also remember David the Gnome. Yeah. You remember that uh, when you started talking about it, I was like, yeah, I, 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 I remember it. Like I remember David, the gnome, except that's come up throughout time, yeah. but I saw either of those, like maybe once when yeah. I was very small, David, the gnome was like a veterinarian and he would wander the okay. forest. He was a little gnome that would wander the forest and help animals that were hurt. Yeah. I remember the concepts of those, but I, I, and Fred Penner's place. That was a PBS thing. I think that was Canadian. Was fuck. it? Was it? Oh, that was so Canadian. Fred Penner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fred Penner. That's Mr. Canadian is red green. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Fred Penner, Mr. Dress Up, and uh it wasn't the gentle giant. Because that's a killer band that we talk about every episode. Of this. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> the big friendly giant. The big friendly giant. There was um there was this one Sharon Lois and Bran. Yeah, that was more PBS. Was that PBS or was that Canadian? Because that was one I didn't have. But I would see when I was in in the right place. Yeah. So so I mean, like there was a lot of TV, and I think with my mom, like being her personality, like she didn't play with me. Like we never did stuff together. Like she facilitated like getting me to school and like getting me meals and washing my clothes. And she kept a really clean house, but like it was she didn't. I don't ever remember her playing with me. She would probably argue with me or feel butthurt. <laughs> she heard me say that because that's how her personality is. But like I really don't remember playing with my mom. And if I was home, the TV was on. And maybe like in the middle of the day, it was like, no, I'm watching um, the young and the restless or whatever, you know, or what was ch- ch- child child rape syndrome. <laughs> what? I, I have no idea. There was a, um, a soap opera in the middle of the day. All my children. Oh yeah. I was all like, my ch- 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 all um, my children. Um, but you know, that, she, that was one my mom watched. Right. I was like really popular around adults. And that was the same when we didn't have that channel. No, my mom would record it on a VHS tape because she would give it to her sister who was a public school teacher. So she would miss the daytime TV when my mom was staying home still with me when I was little. Um, anyway, all of this said, like, I also lived on a really busy street. My, my road was busy. The speed limit on it was 30 miles an hour. It went through from one of the freeway exits to another freeway exit. So both sides, cars that were coming into it were coming kind of quickly um they it was a through way for getting to one little one part of town to downtown and it was just like it was a busy road there were always cars on it all times of day and night and it was um we had sidewalks but it was like not okay to let a little kid just go outside mm-hmm. in my mom's point of view anyway we didn't have a fenced in yard we did have a yard the backyard was kind of hilly and there was a lot of blackberry bushes the front kind of side yard would have been where i would have played but it was always really it was often really wet because we yeah. also lived on a hill i'm familiar with that uh that terrain over yeah. there and that's it's kind of it's not swampy but you're yeah you're downhill so you've got constant wash coming and it's you. all runoff from the freeway that was my backyard so 
I wasn't like, I wasn't not allowed to go play, but it wasn't really like the way it is here. Like go outside and you go outside to our backyard where there's woods and a field and like no one else around bothering you or go the other way where there's a dead end road and like barely any cars and other kids to play with. So, but when I was little, I did have kids play with, we would ride our bikes. We would try to ride our bikes across the street. There was like a convalescent home across the street and I had a big parking lot. And then the old people would yell, if you fall, your parents are going to sue us, you know? And, um, we would get off of my pavement. (laughs) When I was a little older, I was allowed to go to the trail because there was a Connolly Creek trail was close by there. And that was like a, like a nature trail that went through town. There's like homeless people camping and coyotes. It was like, (laughs) were there homeless people back then? There was, it would be an, an occasional tent. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't packed yeah. or anything. It would be an occasional tent or somebody drinking on the, on yeah. the trail doing something they weren't that supposed to. <laughs> oh, how many times we almost fell in love <laughs> and we just brushed past each other. But, uh, definitely drank on that trail when I got older too. But I guess what I'm saying is like before that, in that same neighborhood, there would have been less traffic. There would have been more families and less college students living in the houses. Like by time I was getting to teenage years, a lot of the homes that were once family homes with kids, the kids had been, were a bit older than me. They had grown up and those families were now renting their houses to college kids because I was so close to the college. Right. Mm-hmm. And then by time I was living in one of those as a rental and my parents didn't live there anymore all of those houses were college kids there was no families there and there were a ton of apartments that's what that's what i think of that area as like you know before i met you i i, I you know i lived there yeah we, we uh, were neighbors <laughs> we were, we also we were apparently know. neighbors at one point there um but uh yeah it was not a family area. no but when um, i was little it was more so you know there was I, and i can picture that i can picture that very well because all of the houses were family homes Mm-hmm. which were 20 years old or older and not updated time. or taken care of. Yeah. yeah. And then and it was like, yeah, you'd hear, you'd walk down that road and you'd hear like bands practicing yep. and, you know, just like co- college kid activities, you know? For, right. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is then the increase of that and thinking about if I still lived in that same neighborhood, would I let my nine-year-old go play outside without me watching him? Uh, yes, because of our personality and our child. Yeah, but there's but some hesitation. Not when he was four or five. No. Not even in the yard by himself. No. I'd have to be out there. We would have to have a fence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so people who live in cities, especially with the propaganda that's put on and the pressure, there's two sides to it. There's propaganda about the dangers of being a children and the constant abductions and injuries that kids are going to sustain. There's also this pressure on, on parents that someone is going to call CBS on you if you, they, oh, if you sure, don't have your eyes sure. on your kids all the time. Yeah, yeah. So those two things together, you're fearful in, of, of actual threats, uh, potential actual threats, and you're fearful of the just the threat from the state. Let me, let me just say right here, because I, I did, uh, I kind of touched on that on Master Debaters, but I didn't, I didn't actually wax my point on it. Of uh, I I mentioned the scenario that I've probably talked about on here before because I feel like I talk about it all the time of taking my kids to the to the park and not paying attention to them. Oh yeah, people getting like mad at you, and people like not liking that. And yeah. you've experienced it too. You've told me stories like that, and I've 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 had it happen just like multiple times where I have other parents not liking that I'm not micromanaging. They're micromanaging my lack of micromanaging my own kids. And I feel so confident that they, uh, the kids need to work that out and that, and, and all of that. But those parents that, that have the fucking balls to come up to me and tell me what, what to do with my kids. Uh, I don't care. Yeah. But I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people do. There's a social pressure, not only the 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 scare, the fear that they're going to call CPS, but just the fear of being shamed. People who are, are afraid to um, walk outside without brushing their hair, or um, you know, like cr- create social faux pas wherever they go. People who don't want to walk outside and uh, wear a shirt that says "space is fake and gay" because <laughs> they're because they're afraid of. Even what- though they really believe that, they're just afraid of what other people would say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, like I, I don't mind being, I actually, I, I, I enjoy being the one that people don't like. I'm the heel yeah, and I'm cool with that. But if I was not worried about my kids actually being taken away by CPS, but I was just worried that those people, the parents that I'm never going to see again at this park 
are going to think less of me as a parent because of the way I'm watching my kids, I'd be watching my kids because, and these people feel emboldened in this age that we live in to like, tell me that I'm not raising my kids. Right. Or they're not saying that, that I'm not, uh, uh, managing my children at the park correctly, you know, and I completely disagree with them, but a lot of people might completely disagree, but they're just like, yeah, I gotta do it. It's the same. It's actually, it's the same shit as people wearing fucking masks who didn't believe that masks work. Yeah. Right. A lot of people oh, did that. So many. Yeah. A lot of people did that. And that wasn't, and if you talk to them, there's like a, well, of course, I mean, I don't think it works, but of course I wore it. Cause I just wanted to go to home Depot. Or I wanted to go wherever I wanted to go. So, you know, I, I sacrificed a little bit of my freedom so that I could have some freedom, you know, yeah. or whatever. I don't know what the fuck they would say, but it's the same. It's that same mentality, but applied to how we're raising our kids. So let's think about this. Let's think about overscheduling children and our, our whole lives, but especially kids. And I'm reading about this again. I'm still friggin' reading the same book on homemaking that I've been reading for a year. Radical, radical homemakers. Cause I only get to read like, you know, half a chapter at a time. Yes. Yeah. Way spaced out. But anyway, I'm like, Hey, you make me some coffee. <laughs> Um, it's, so always, it's always me interrupting. It's not you, <laughs> but uh, that would be funny. Um, but yeah, so they're I want on a steak. A, they're on a. You're interrupting me now. They're they're on a chapter where they're talking about. Um, I, w- this, I wasn't kidding about the steak. Can you pause this? You're just gonna need to wait. Okay, sorry. They're talking about the sc- schooling and the school system. And the pressure from society to overschedule our children. And it's like, okay, so let me think about this. What does that actually mean? And is it any different than when I was a kid? And it's like, well, yeah, you you used to go to school and you would go to probably one sport max per season, maybe one per year. Mm -hmm. And maybe if your families were above and beyond, you went to church and had a a youth group type thing Mm -hmm. once a week. Nowadays, from what I hear, people are really feeling pressure and competition with each other to have their kids busy every day after school. Yeah. Um, if not that, they have their kids in some kind of a activity prior to school, before in the morning, and then after school as well, so that they can have their kids in childcare for their whole day of work. Yeah. So that means if your kid's going to school at six or seven in the morning, not coming home until five at night, and then eating dinner. What do you want to do after you work a 10 hour shift? Mm -hmm. You want to lay on the couch and watch some TV and then go to bed. Mm -hmm. You're not like, you're not driven to be creative or to go outside and try to make friends or to like get bored enough to go outside and play. We are taking boredom away from kids on one hand. And on the other hand, we're giving them something to be perpetually bored at, but that will still satiate them. It's going to still placate them. Is that a word to use? It's something that's going to still just make you like zombified. You're going to acknowledge you're bored. I'm tired of playing the same game, but what else is there to do? I guess I'll do this because you're so freaking tired. But say you take that kid out of that environment where they're overscheduled, where they have to get up earlier than their body is allowing, where they have to eat at times they're not hungry to make sure they get food that day because they're not going to have another opportunity till later, where they have to use the bathroom and in little corralled segments. What if you took that kid out of that system? They were allowed to wake up naturally and get up and see whatever they wanted to do. They would have enough time in the day where those video games and that TV would become boring to them and they would go try to seek out something else. Mm -hmm. Kids are creative when they're bored. Boredom is part of life. It's part of childhood and part of childhood is learning how to, um, fill that boredom with something and you know eventually we'll try to fill it with something productive when you're a kid you can find fill it with some kind of play but play and imagination free form play and imagination is what builds a child's brain mm-hmm. and physical development so it's just this idea of like we're over scheduling our kids they have really busy lives and then we're mad at them for wanting to watch tv and being lazy yeah and so if we say our kids are lazier and stupider it's not our kids it's the system that is forcing that into them the school is making them stupid zombies that know they can't step out of line they have to memorize things and repeat it they don't need to think things through it does not benefit you to ask questions or think things through it only benefits you to 
memorize what you're being told to repeat it on a test and then immediately forget it and move on to the next thing that you need to memorize and repeat for a test. Right. And so you couple that with being busy and being tired and growing bodies sure. and this overabundance of mindless media, they're time is occupied from the moment that they open their eyes to the moment they close them. They have no time to just sit and stare at something and think about, you know, imagine it. And I say they, I'm talking about the typical society because when I think of it, what we're doing with our kids, it's not the same. As As you're saying, I can really picture what you're saying. But we don't have an example of what you're saying. The example is the other end of that spectrum, which is our nine-year-old is allowed to wake up in the morning when he wants to. He only goes to the learning center now two days a week this year. We've decided to do that four days last year. It was too much. And this year he can get up in the morning and his brother's not up yet. So he's allowed to have the screen on for a while. And he will eventually become bored with that and come talk to me about something and want to make breakfast. And then we'll read together and then we'll do his math book that we're working on. And it's rare that during that time he doesn't come out to in quotes help me with chores to to follow me around with chores and he helps yeah I, sure i, I, mean, would, you never, know, but I he's would never also want to take that away following from you and telling you about whatever game he's playing but like we we can't overlook that him being able to take things in and then repeat them to yeah. us in his own words yeah is learning and it's a very useful skill to have that's all people who review video games and movies do yeah right because they so just take maybe, something in and tell you what they saw and thought of it yeah that's I, i'm not gonna say that's like that can be very legitimate and i don't think it's always legitimate but it it's it's thinking yeah and it's that's actually it's a, that's a career now you could say oh yeah it, it's like saying you want to be in the nba for you can be good or you can be bad at what i just described right that says something right and our son has always been good with words and his vocabulary is really amazing he just said another word the other day i was like i did not serendipitous i was like what <laughs> i was like i don't use that very often but he said something like that like that yeah, he read a book that used that word a lot oh really moon man moon man is that what it was called oh um, yes yeah, yeah the, he, the he really liked <laughs> the bart sabrell book. Yeah. book yeah we didn't read we listened to the audio book but yeah i was listening to it and didn't realize he was listening and he's like Later, he's like, Mom, can you turn that back on again? It's really interesting. Do you think that really happened? I was like, I don't know. He says it does. <laughs> but what I'm getting at is like, is every generation like expecting more and more out of their kids while giving them less and less opportunity to rise to that occasion, rise to that demand, and then being hard on them for it? You know, I don't know the answer to that because I can't imagine to think what my grandparents were thinking about my parents or what my parents were thinking about me exactly that one I can imagine a little better. But right now I know that I see a lot of kids out here that are really, really sad and they're really, really sick and their bodies are not well. They're not fed well. They don't get light. They don't get feet on the ground. They're radiated constantly by everything around them. Yeah, And they're still trying to be decent people. And I think it really should, if people could just give a little empathy to our, our young people and, and see how can we assist them in becoming better people despite the circumstances that they've been born into. Cause it's not, it's not good. Well, yes, hundred percent. I don't mean to say, well, like I'm about to disagree, but I want to examine this again mm-hmm. right now, uh, working backwards. A little okay. Bit. Um, because yes, you're painting the right picture for where we're at in the world as it is today okay titular line <laughs> this is titular uh so let's work backwards and talk about the world as it was whenever yesterday um obviously and because this is this was something i said on on master debaters that i i think is very um very worth examining and that's that that um I'll call it a syndrome. I'll call it a, a, a phenomenon that we, we as people always think we are better than our younger. Okay. We, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I gave a real brief template of it and I'll just do that again and, and see where we go from there of um, because you, you actually, you already mentioned it of our parents having a wood. Uh, I, I was saying a kindling business, yeah. which is, which is real. Uh, my dad and his cousin uh, sold kindling, and I happen to know 
my grandpa didn't appreciate that because mm. there were things to do. Mm-hmm. He had a there. We have a freaking farm and you guys are going and selling kindling for, for money when you can come and work here and I won't pay you, but it's going to make but our, it's gonna make keep us, our house and have food on the table. Yeah. Right. Like he, he like saw them going and selling kindling as selfish mm-hmm. because first they had to go cut up the wood. Then they had to tie strings around the wood. That string wasn't free. And then they would go and they would sell it for a dollar a bundle or whatever. I don't know. This would have been uh, probably 1958, Nin- 60, yeah. between, between 19, we'll say 1960. Yeah, sure. Uh, around 1960. Um, and, um, you know, like you're just giving away the string, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. I just kind of know, I know there was a little background and my grandpa's brother, my dad's cousin's dad, my great uncle, uh, he was more encouraging of it than my grandpa. Like he said, no, 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 let, let the boys do what they do. Um, this is good for them. It's teaching them good things. Right. Mm-hmm. But my grandpa was always just like, no, no, they need to be, we have things to do. You know, this isn't the blah, blah, blah. Well, then when my grandpa was a kid, all he did was work on the farm, mm-hmm. which is what he wants his, his, which is what he wanted his kids to do. Sure. Right? He wanted his kids to just wake up, milk cows, move things around, plant things, harvest things, you know, like there's a full day's work for as large a crew as we have every single day. And that's what he did. And that's what he wanted his kids to do. Well, his dad, the one who built our house, uh, he would have bought this as raw land, which he needed to clear. She needed to cut down trees. He needed to dynamite out stumps. He needed to uh, flatten pastures. He needed to, and all of this is like pre-tractor, right? Right. You know, this is like, this is horse, horse, hard work, horse and buggy times. And we are talking serious work right now with all that exists in this world. And if we had an unlimited budget, um, unlimited, I just hire someone, but if we had unlimited DIY budget, yeah, say, sure. so I could get, all the chainsaws, all the trucks, all the materials, all the all the things, but I had to do all the work. Uh-huh. Um, clearing, approximately. Um, let's see, what would it have been? Uh, Probably thirty about, acres. About thirty acres of a dense forest with those old growth trees that were here. Uh, that would kill me. Yeah. That would be so much freaking work with everything that exists today. Yeah. Let alone doing it back then. Whew, I know he had help. I know that. Anyway, you know, dynamite. <laughs> he had dynamite. Um, and but yeah, it's it's hard work. But he also was critical of your grandpa. Sorry. And so, and so yeah. So I know that my grandpa was had a hard time with his dad because his dad was so critical of him because all he did was work on the farm. Well, and all he did is is want he wanted milk cows when he started taking over the farm. And yeah. that and did your grandpa think that was a great idea? No, he thought that, that you know you shouldn't have more than a couple cows. You because he you came know, from this the is a time potato where, farm. Well like, and he came from a time where sure you had your biggest crash cash crop, but you diversified, right? Mm-hmm. He did eggs, potatoes, probably they had milk for their them own their own self. They had meat for them their themselves. They I knew they did hogs here and they had chickens, but your your grandpa saw the trend moving towards farms having one designated thing that they were good at and he moved to being a dairy and he farm. was a dairy farm and he was very successful at it we have his his awards and plaques for best milk in the county kind From of stuff dairy gold yeah, yeah. he's like selling to a big producer and and that's what it was it wasn't that you bottled your own milk and sent it to somebody it's like you stored it for long enough for a truck to come pick it up and bottle it and things had just changed but i know for a fact especially in you know near death conversations that i had with him his father was not satisfied with with his choices and his and his direction of things his grand my his father my great grandfather kind of thought of my grandfather who i think is the most amazing person that i've ever had touched my life um he thought that he was a lazy guy he thought he was uh kind of kind of worthless because he just worked 10 hours a day on the dairy and he wasn't trying to you know buy new forest land and clear it he didn't clear a damn tree in his entire life (laughs) yeah granted he cut up every tree that ever fell on this property and split the wood and cured the wood and moved the wood into the basement and had a wood burning stove his entire life you know like he did like he did 
if I just did what my grandfather did, let alone my great grandfather, I'd be very tired every day. It's so interesting though, because as we move on, things become streamlined, things become industrialized, things become automated, and there's less of that type of work for us to do. So for us to be critical of the next generation for getting into video games, when the reality is that that is probably better preparing them for the workforce than anything they're teaching them in the school. Like, I mean, how, I don't know. And how do we break that cycle and not have you be super disappointed in what your son ends up doing? So, I mean, the key, how do we break it personally? We just don't be disappointed. Yeah. We just accept them for being their own people. I think with every one of these generations, there were exceptions. Yeah, sure. This, not every single family is going to have This is that. like just my family. Even though I, that's the stereotype, you know? I think there were always people who were outside of the main system. Like, you know, just to be real nice and clear on that. But um, I, I think what we're like, okay, maybe I can get to where I'm saying it's wrong to say that they're, they're more stupid. It's wrong to say that they're more lazy. Mm-hmm. It's wrong to 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 be critical of all of these things. But what am I describing here? I'm describing um, every generation being more tired than the generation before, for at least th- from my great grandfather. And we, you know, we I could take this another step and say his father, my my great great grandfather, mm-hmm. who was an orphan in Germany and had to come over here and make his own in, you know, like, I don't know. Like and he, then survived bet, devastating storms in Minnesota to traverse the train to become, Gottlieb, to get here. Gottlieb probably thought that Gustav was a lazy son of a bitch. Cause all he did was buy 40 acres and clear 30 acres of it to, to raise a couple cattle, you know, like and yeah, grow potatoes two kids and just raise potatoes whatever. and make a, make enough money. How many kids uh, 10. 10. Okay. <laughs> He's only 10 kids. Uh, oh no, no. no. Got- Gottlieb had 10. Yeah. Gustav only had two. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, right. He, two, he only have two. Well, kids. he had two that lived. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, he only had two kids die on him too. Like, <laughs> right. What the hell? I had, I had ten kids. We birthed a- fourteen, <laughs> and only ten of them survived. Uh, but um, it's like I, I, and I bet that his father would have been disappointed in him had he known his father, or whatever the case is that yeah. he was an orphan. You know what I mean? Um, it, it just seems like like we're and okay try and talk a little positively about all of this. Um, All of it is very sensible. Everything getting easier is very, very sensible to say that it is not sensible is to say, fuck, fuck the backhoe. There are shovels or for that matter, fuck the shovel. You have hands, right? Right. Like do screw the forklift. You shouldn't have to use a forklift. You should have to pick up every one of those boards and move them one, one to five at a time, whatever you can hold. Mm-hmm. And it should take you a, an hour to load or unload that truck. Not just you lazy son of a bitch using this technology to make life easier and better. That's saying, fuck the chainsaw. You can use an ax to cut down that tree. You know, like all of these things make a ton of sense you know i am i'm very pro shovel versus using your hands to dig a trench mm-hmm. to dig a well wells were dug before shovels existed right right did those people who dug the well with their hand look at their sons and go lazy sons of bitches just digging a hole to get their water you know like yeah uh, it's like <laughs> <laughs> not collecting it from a stream with a bucket every day or whatever yeah or 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 you know, collecting it with a bucket until they'd finished digging a hole with their hands yeah, and finding rocks to line it, to stabilize the hole and I all mean, these things. Uh, like um, it's like, we keep making life better in quotes, but maybe, Oh, look at this. I'm already all you're, over you're, Ted K. You ready, ready to tie this all together a little <laughs> bit. I just, yeah. I just saw it. Um, maybe it's a little like having too much to select on television. Uh we it's not that the television itself is like bad <laughs> that might be its own thing but um it's uh it's that um as we make life easier we have more selection 
We have more to do with our time. We have time. People digging a well with their hands don't have time. They needed other people to collect food and hunt and things like that yeah. while they were digging a fucking well because they were doing the real hard work, you know, um, or, or maybe it was seen the other way around. That's the lazy man's work to just sit and fucking dig with your hands all day. <laughs> when you gotta you know? go and hunt or whatever. Who, who knows? Yeah. We can't, we can't even begin to, to observe that, but um, it's, is it a bad thing when you only have five TV channels uh, to say, Hey, I think we should have 10. Because then we could just have, then we could cater to 10 different people's likes instead of just five people's likes. Yeah. You know, like, is that a bad thing? I mean, we can get into whether or not really, really is, but just in it's on, on the basic concept of what it is, like as far as making money goes, it's not, mm-hmm. not a bad thing at all. Um, it's, uh, it, it makes more sense. It's more productive. Um you know, it's, uh, it, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of losing my thread, but do you, it's, do you yeah, see what I'm yeah, saying? I mean, it's, it's interesting because we always can think like, does technology life always improve life? And when, when you go back to like the traditional family and the idea that we had 10 kids to help us on the farm mm-hmm. and all of the work that we could get done with that community that we had and then instead we bring in technology with which inevitably means bringing some of those people off of their home and into the workforce and working outside of the home which suddenly brings in the necessity to earn money to buy things that you need because you're not creating them it's like technology and all of that has brought slowly brought us farther and farther away from being able to be self-sufficient and to be able to create the things that we use instead of just be creators rather than consumers, you know, instead of just buying and consuming the things you're creating those. And instead we have like this one tiny little piece of this bigger puzzle that we're creating. Uh, We work at a grocery store and we don't actually make any of the groceries. We just take them off of a pallet and put them on the shelf. And that's our one job. That's all we do. Or somebody else just stands at the checkout. They just ring people up so they could take the groceries out. You know what I mean? It's all more efficient. That's for sure. Right. And it gets more product to more people, but it separates all of us from the, the creation of something to the consumption of it. And so it doesn't have, we don't have the same appreciation for what we consume. We, we can kind of have like the green envy between people that we don't have as much as they have. And we want to work more to get that, but work more isn't actually working more. That's putting more hours in away from the home or taking more schooling to get a better paying job. And it's just like, everything's just disjointed and separated. And so with all of that said, we've talked many, many times about the traditional family and the breakdown of that and how all of that happened and the, you know, what the leave it to beaver lifestyle was and brought us to now. How can we get mad at our kids who are completely a product of that society and that culture for being lazy or stupid without taking some responsibility for, hey, how can I help bring them out of that and create a more natural lifestyle around them? while still explaining to them what the greater society actually is. Sure. And that's, I don't know, that's my goal as a parent. I think that's a pretty darn good goal. Uh, that's not sheltering them from that thing, but creating something better close to them and letting them see the difference between that and what society is so that they can work through that and, and make their life whatever they want it to be. That's, Something we can never forget is that they're their own people. Well, like uh, this is kind of spawning out of this is is my my thought of uh, it. I, I'm pretty sure I don't have proof of this in any capacity, but I'm pretty sure there are a lot of dads, uncles, probably moms and aunts too, who are saying to young kids who are uh, anywhere from um, eight to eighteen years old. Um, you really think you're going to make it on YouTube? You really think you're going to be, it's one in a million. I mean, they said this to us, to me, when I was a kid, you're not going to be in the major league baseball. Yeah. You know, it was like, Oh, I am too. You know, like, uh, and uh, and you're not going to be a rock star. And they were like, you're not going to be be in the NBA because you're, you're white and a girl, (laughs) but yet our, okay, our lives were not nearly as obsessed with baseball, rock music, or movies back then 
as giving those examples of you're not going to be those things yeah. as all of our lives are obsessed with screens, YouTube, video games today. Right. And yet our kids, a lot of our kids are saying, well, this is what I'm going to do within this culture that we've constructed today uh, because this is what I'm going to do. And their parents or, um, or aunts and uncles, I feel like it's more of an aunt and uncle thing mm-hmm. uh, to, to kind of get mad that, you know, cause they're not actually raising the kid. Yeah. Um, you know, the aunt and uncle, the single aunt and uncle yeah, you could you know, look down at something without yeah, understanding it completely with, without, without understanding well, how without did they living get there? It, if I had kids, I wouldn't let them watch YouTube. So they wouldn't think they're going to be a YouTube star when they get it's older. It's like, do you know it's how like, hard oh, yeah. it is to not let a kid watch YouTube? It's, uh, it's like, cool. cool, go off grid because otherwise you're just alienating from their friends and making something that you don't actually like or agree with seem more appealing by, but, by restricting it. But in reality, within the pieces that are set on this, in this game board that we're on, uh, the kids who are, okay. Now I'm not going to say who are saying they're going to be a YouTube star, but the kids who are making YouTube videos, they are productive. They're creating within something. this game board. At least they're creating something rather than just consuming. And there are plenty of 10 year olds with YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, our I, neighbor I, has I one where he makes more origami. Yeah. And I've made videos with our son. We just haven't like put them on yeah. YouTube. He we, wants to play podcasts sometimes. It's we, pretty we cute. We do the Chud and Chud Jr. podcast. <laughs> so I, have cute. A, I have a whole file of them here. Um, and we just come down and we record. Uh, he would absolutely love it if I put those out. I don't want to because I don't really. At the same time, I say there's tons of. Uh, the second I say there's tons of 10 year olds with YouTubes, I'm like, yeah, pedophiles are fucking aware of that. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and know? also, what are the 10? I don't know. It's like, there's just so much to it. It's like, if he started to hone some craft and wanted to share that with people, I would be totally I, supportive. And that that's point. why I'm doing that yeah. in the first place is if, if, if he wants, I mean, he hasn't like really like talked about, he's, I've never heard him say, I'm going to do that when I get older. Yeah. Uh, but if he wants to, uh, you know, giving him some skill, I mean, he has, he could, he could on his own come down and record a video yeah. right now. Like yeah. he could do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think he would think he can, he, he, he would, he would ask first, but he would know how to do it. Yes. I, but well, I don't think he would, I think he would ask for help Oh, sure. because he wouldn't know how to do it. But, but if he sat if I, down, but if I sat in this chair and he sat in that chair and I said, go for it, he'd be like, well, I don't know what to do. And I'd say, no, you do. And he'd figure it out. Uh, same as if you put him in a car, he'd say, I don't know how to drive. Oh yeah, you do. He thinks we were just talking about this morning though. He's like, he knows he knows how to drive. That's so cute. <laughs> he does. He's like, and he's like all this stuff. The two lines mean you can't pass a car. So I know I'm, Oh, like, he knows those yeah, kinds of rules. Yeah. And he's like that too. But he also says, I, we were talking about how you need to physically know how to drive. And that's like a real thing that you learn by doing, but you also need to know all these rules. Some of them you'll never even come in contact with, and you have to memorize those to pass a test. So we're talking, we were talking about that. It's actually a really great conversation without being behind the wheel. I can already say he's a better driver than a lot of people. Yeah. Because he can drive the tractor and the four wheeler. His motor skills are fine. So that's not going to be an issue once he's, he's actually motoring. Um, But uh, it, I talk to him all the time about vehicle characteristics and road characteristics, weather characteristics, you know, like all these, these things that you don't learn from a, from a driving class. Yeah. They teach you the two lines mean don't pass. Uh, They don't teach you to, um, well, maybe they teach you to watch for ice and things like that. Yeah. How to, how to like pay attention to what the other driver's doing so that you know how to protect yourself. Yeah. Not just, this is the rule. So I'm turning now when you see someone doing there, something they're not supposed to do, you're going to avoid an accident. Not Mm -hmm. just like go, well, I was here first. This is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. He's, (laughs) he's, he's already poised to be able to be someone to not get in accidents when he's he's driving. And, you know, I, I don't know, this was a fun conversation and there's a lot more we could go, but I think as far as kids these days, if, if you are dissatisfied for, with what you see children being run with different circles or take your kids out of public school because there's a lot more options and we need to give them as much of a leg up as we can right now because society and, and our culture is not doing them any favors. And I have a really big final thought on this. Okay. When you do hear people criticizing kids these days, you can agree with them, but always know that you're agreeing with them about 
the the mainstream culture society our culture as a whole it's uh there's there are people who are not raising their kids in the way that make it it's blanket statements never work 10 year olds blank does not work 10 year olds you know are lazy doesn't work there are plenty of examples of 10 year olds in our culture today who are not lazy even with everything they have against them uh Teenagers are stupid or they're more stupid than they were when I was a kid might seem true, might even be true as a whole, but it is not true for all teenagers. Uh, 20 year olds don't have good work ethic. Doesn't work. I want to say that I want to scream that from the fucking top of a mountain because I can't find 20 year olds who can work. However, I know that the reason, one of the reasons I can't find anyone is because the 20 year olds who can work are working. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like they're out there. I I, I don't, if, if I were to say 20 year olds don't know how to work uh, to all of the 20 year olds, I would offend a a portion of that. I don't know what, if it would be, if it would be a quarter of them, half of them, two thirds of them. Um, But there's, we know people out there that are doing good things at that, in that age, in every age bracket. Mm -hmm. We also know people who are not doing good things that are really sad. And it's, that's what it is. It's like, we need to support the people around us to do better. And we need to push ourselves to do better all the time. Mm -hmm. That's it. Leaving it on that positive note. All right. (laughs) Well, that was the world as it was yesterday. Right, because I'm not going to release this for a couple of days, so it's like it does, the the title doesn't work. Actually, we should start from the beginning again. Okay, I'm not. Okay, start over. I'm going to erase this. Really top quick. gun from the top. <laughs> from the top. Okay, thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Peace out. <laughs>